0: Salam alaikum and welcome to another episode of the Dr. Wheel Show, where I interview educators and entrepreneurs on leveling up. Each episode, I zoom in someone who's dope, and we just sit back and have a conversation of what it means to live your best life. Now, if this is your first time checking out the podcast, this is the Mobile University for Entrepreneurs, and I'm your host, Dr. Wheel. Today's guest has been a guest before. His name is Daniel. Bauer. We're going to be talking about his work with coaching uh, educators who have become uh, entrepreneurs. I call them entrepreneurs. We're going to be talking about a new community he has launched as well, the Go Community. If you don't know, Daniel is doing it big uh, with his podcast. You know, he's building better leaders. He's doing coaching, uh, master classes, all of those things to help people reach the next level. Uh, we're going to be talking so he can drop some gems and uh, get into some greater conversation on this episode. But for those who will be watching in the future, why do I say that, we will be listening on the future on Apple Podcast, Simplecast, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio, will you please introduce yourself, Daniel?
1: Hey, hey, listeners, entrepreneurs, and uh, Dr. Will, thank you so much for having me on the show. Yeah, Daniel Bauer, uh, been, yeah, founded Better Leaders, Better Schools in 2015. And that really, like the why, is everybody wins when a leader gets better. Everybody wins when you get better. Uh, the the how we do that is through community, uh, through human connection. And the what we do then is we have the podcast, which, which um, definitely is a tribe of ruckus makers that listen. We have the Mastermind, which is uh, our elite program for school leaders. We have the Go Community, which uh, you mentioned, uh, which is a new way that leaders can level up. And uh, I started coaching entrepreneurs by accident recently, too, which is why I reached out. I wanted to talk a little bit about that. So that's me in a nutshell.
0: Awesome. Awesome. So I first want to kick this episode off by asking you to get into the mindset, right? So before someone actually launches a business or decides, Hey, this is entrepreneurship is for me. They're thinking about it. And Mm -hmm. I want to want you to get into the mindset, the discussions that people have to have with themselves to where they realize or even understand that, you know, this is something that I'm ready to do.
1: Are you ready to fail? So, one one of the mindsets, you got to be ready to innovate, take risks, jump, and fail. And failure is a great teacher, right? Failure might mean that you have to close the business or failure might mean just one of the experiments you're running doesn't work, but you're going to learn. You have to be willing to fail. If you're only willing to succeed, if you're only willing to, you know, make a gazillion dollars, mm, you're going into it for the wrong reasons. So, you have to be willing to fail. Uh, Christopher Lockhead wrote the best book I read in 2018 on business. It's called Niche Down. You definitely need to check out that book. He's been on the podcast, um, Better Leaders, Better Schools, episode 168. And he says, uh, in terms of entrepreneurial mindset, you need to think about this quote. Am I going to find my place in the world or make my place in the world? and his whole his whole idea is about category design he play, he wrote another book called uh, play bigger but niche down is really the one i recommend to listeners in this show and it's about defining like who you are what you're all about standing out to to make a difference uh i don't know if if you're familiar with blue ocean strategy but the idea is that like you know in a blue ocean it's really nice but When the sharks come in the ocean, it becomes a red ocean and it's very competitive. So why swim there? You're gonna get eaten up. Go find where the blue ocean is, where you can play and swim in the deep end by yourself. That's what category design is all about. And so what sets you apart? What makes you different than everybody else offering a similar thing? Right. And so that's an important part of the mindset too. That am I going to find my place in the world or make my place is about also not waiting for permission. Nobody's going to invite you to sit down to the table and, and, you know, pitch your thing or offer your service or whatever. Like, you got to make it happen. And the last thing, you know, in terms of mindset, um, the best book I read in 2019, business-wise, from my mentor, Seth Godin, is called This Is Marketing. Mm -hmm. It's all about storytelling, communication, understanding who it is you serve, empathy, Right. Being okay that your thing isn't for everybody. Who's your minimum viable audience? You don't have to make it for the whole world. I don't have to serve even 10,000 school leaders. Maybe my number is 1,000 or 2,000, whatever it is. Right now, it's 60. 60 means a really good life for me. Imagine that. So that's pretty cool because I can serve 60 school leaders with everything I got, right? And so, yeah, this is marketing. Um and, and the point of that is like what you do is all about service too. You know? I'm not in it to make my name big. I'm not in it to make a lot of money. Those things might happen. I don't really care. You want to know why I'm in it? I love seeing the uh metaphorical light bulb go off. I like to see when people are bumping their head on the ceiling that they think that there's some like upper limit that's there. And I said, Well, what about this? And now that ceiling doesn't exist and you see them like sit up a little bit straight. They got that confidence. That's why I do what I do. So it's about service.
0: So you mentioned how you have been coaching entrepreneurs and as educators, we're, we aren't strangers to the idea of coaching, but in our role as educators at schools, generally our experience with coaching is someone who comes in and tells you, you need to teach this way and use this program this way and do it like this or like that for this many days and do it this way with fidelity. But that doesn't fall in line with what coaches in the corporate world normally consider to be coaching. You know, They're about asking questions so that you as an individual can figure things out on your own. Uh, As a business coach, an educator, how do you define coaching? And what is the purpose of coaching?
1: Yeah, I think you, you know, nailed the, uh, hit the hit the nail on its head when you said it's about asking questions. So uh, me, I'm, I'm just a guide, you know, I wanna be really there with you in the moment, an active listener, uh, personalizing whatever I do to that specific individual. I might have some tools I can share and some stories that will help. Absolutely. For sure. But more importantly, I need to be dialed in and able to ask those questions that again, unlocks that opportunity, that potential that you didn't see before. Right. It was there. It was at the tip of your nose. You just didn't have the right perspective. And so that's what I do. Right. Get super curious with whoever I'm serving and uh, help them out in that kind of way. Um, you know, I took the Alt-MBA in, the, in last February, which was a, a pretty cool experience. That's designed by Seth Godin. Mm-hmm. And you want to talk about an investment, and, 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 and we'll get into it later. But this was, this was a five-week sprint, and I dropped some serious coin on it. And that's not to, to like, be pride, prideful or anything like that. The point is, is that within five weeks, I got so much value that it changed my life. It changed my world. And you have to be willing to invest in yourself in order to take the next step. I budget at least 10% of my income every year for conferences, books, online courses, things like the Alt-MBA, the World Business Executive Coaching Summit. I'm in a course right now called Finding Mastery. That's because if I'm not growing, how am I growing leaders? How can you be a leader of leaders or run a successful business if you're not pushing yourself? So back to your question, the approach is being extremely curious. But, you know, the, the investment is a really big part of that.
0: So I want you to describe your, your coaching process, right? How do you assist entrepreneurs and defining and figuring out what they want to accomplish with their business
1: yeah well part of it you know i hired a business coach myself <laughs> so I, w- I went through the the four steps uh to business freedom that my uh, friend scott bb created that um i must have done well you know that's interesting like i do well as like a student so to speak and then he had me as a coach the alt mba I did well as a student. I won an award uh, for creating the most interesting projects across 200 students, and they asked me to be a coach. And now I've been a coach with them for two sessions. Um, So anyways, again, growing myself, trying to learn, uh, and so now I have Scott's framework that I could use with people. Um, You know I run masterminds for school leaders, and like I, I said in the intro, I accidentally started one for edupreneurs. Well, how do I do do a mastermind? Well, I've been in one since 2015. I joined Iron Sharpens Iron. My mentor is Aaron Walker. You could check out his work, viewfromthetop.com. And I I had a a light bulb moment myself when I looked at school leaders, saw how isolated they were, and I said, well, who's doing that for them? I will. I love helping people. Part of my approach, um, I do work with a handful of people one-on-one. But uh, the the bigger thing that I do is build masterminds. I'm a community builder and that's a superpower. You know, the fact that I could say, Dr. Will, do you want to join us? You know, you over here, you over there. When you get great people together, great things happen. You see what I'm saying? And so part of the approach is just building the right community, keeping the wrong people out, bringing the right people in and then letting the magic happen. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. So. Let's kind of let's jump into that community for a second. When, when you're looking to pick the right people, what are you looking for? And what are some of the conversations are you trying to get people to get into?
1: Sure. The right kind of person is a, a giver and not a taker. You know, uh, they want to understand how they can add value to the group how they can be generous. You know, if 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 a conversation starts off like what's in it for me, I already know it's the wrong person, right? Because um, they're just looking to take. Of course, they're gonna grow. Like they're investing real dollars into this program. It's my job to serve them. And everyone I work with is absolutely thrilled, right? But they're all generous people. And that's that's a part of the winning uh, equation, so that's something I'm looking for. Uh, how I mentioned, it's all about service, right? So that's kind of the generosity as well. But if they're looking, if they're looking to how to to increase their impact, right? Not increase their bank account. That's important to me too. Um, and those are kind of the folks that I'm I'm looking for. I'm also looking for people that are like really doing it right? So um, they have to be established. I'm not the guy to get you to launch, right? That's okay. And we were talking about minimum viable audience and who do you serve? I'm the guy that you have a business, you want to scale it, you want to impact more people, and you're not quite sure how. Mm. And you realize that it's, it doesn't make any sense to try to figure out on your own. Like you can, Everything I teach you, um, like in the books I've written too, those ideas aren't new. You know what I'm saying? And I know we're going to get to like free versus paid. Like all that stuff has been out there before, but then you package it in a different way. You give it a different perspective. You go a few levels deeper. So you can learn all this stuff on your own. Might take you 10 years. You could work with me and learn it in three months, right? And so we we have a group um, that gets together and it's people that are hungry, that they're willing to be vulnerable. They're willing to say, like, the lights go out in a month if we don't figure this out. And here's the problem. And there's so much value then in saying that out loud, acknowledging it, and then getting help from others too, right? Or just, you know, trying to figure out, again, how to, how to have more impact. Or um, I have somebody, Gene, who's very successful with uh, online courses, and has done some stuff with Teachers Pay Teachers. But she wanted to start a coaching community herself. That's why she joined ours. And so one of her hot seat questions was just how do I, how do I invite people to this party I'm throwing? How do I invite people to the community? And we worked through that. And guess what? She already has 12 members in her, uh, in her community, and it's going really well. So, and she just launched it. It's not even been a month, right? So would she have figured it out? I, I think so. She's really smart and a hard worker. Would she have figured it out in less than a month? No way. <laughs> like, that's the point of talking about it within a group and just like, you know, two minds are better than one. Well, how about seven, 10, 12 minds, you know, just multiplies exponentially more valuable.
0: Well, from your experience, what are some of the challenges for that educator who decides that they're going to become, an entrepreneur, what concerns should they begin to address first?
1: Hmm. That's a good question. You know, we mentioned in the beginning, like, are you willing to, willing to fail? And I'd ask them too, like, how are they in, investing in themselves? You know? Uh, Cause what I don't get is like why people will, leave their nine to five, not be willing to fail and have such a scarcity mindset that they're not willing to uh, develop themselves or whatever. You you following me there? Like even Michael Jordan had a coach on how to become a better basketball player. And he arguably the best there ever was. If you want to say LeBron, like we could go there too but the point is, guess what? He has a performance coach as well. And so you need to, you need to develop, you know, what you're doing and to think that you got it all on your own. is just, it's just foolish. Um, what I've learned, like improving your network, increasing the amount of relationships, to people you know, whether that's in some sort of formal mastermind or just networking in general It opens so many doors. So maybe the core message is just like, don't do it in isolation. If you do some type of community that you invest in, great. If it's just, I'm going to conferences and, you know, building out my contacts, also great. But get a network of support, however you do it. Don't do it alone. The number one enemy of excellence is isolation.
0: Mm. So I don't, I don't know if you have dealt with this with some of the people you work with, but I do want to ask you about the, the imposter syndrome. Yeah. So when you're at, ha- when you're working with people and even though people may have a track record of, of sales or, or conference presentations, keynote addresses, books, et cetera. So they have a track record of success, but they still feel like they're a little fish in this big pond how do you get them to see themselves as who they are, right? That they do come to the table with this expertise, this track record where they feel within themselves that they're comfortable enough or have arrived and not think that, wow, I don't even, I don't belong here. I don't even know how I, how I got here. Mm Mm-hmm.
1: So I mentioned Seth Godin earlier. He had a blog post on this idea of Sonder. So exactly what you're talking about, the lizard brain, the imposter syndrome, the shadow, whatever you want to call it, we all have that inner critic. And what Sonder teaches us is that Dr. Will has it. I have it. The people I serve have it. We're all wrestling with those doubts. Uh, Maybe it looks a little bit different, but we all have it. Knowing that, how does that change how you approach the work? So if somebody 10 million times more successful than me, like whoever that is for you, is having the same doubts, even though they're way more successful, what does that tell you? I mentioned that Finding Mastery course, right, that I'm currently in. Uh, One of the lessons is on confidence, and I love this stuff. And what I learned from Dr. Michael Gervais is that our confidence is 100% tied to what we say to ourselves, back to the imposter syndrome, the inner critic. And during this conversation, if I have a thought, oh, this isn't going so well, I'm not telling the right story or expressing what I want, that's going to really throw me off my game, especially if that starts to become repetitive in my mind and what I would identify as interference. If that gets too loud, what happens? Then I become your worst guest ever, (laughs) right? Because all I'm hearing and all I can hear is not the questions you're asking, but that I'm a fraud and I'm not adding value as a guest on your show, right? So what I learned from Dr. Michael Gervais, and he calls it his epic thought list, um, the first step is to identify those negative thoughts. So going back, like I said with Seth, we all have them completely normal. Mindfulness and meditation has helped me be more aware internally and externally. So I could say, oh, that's a negative thought. Oh, I just thought I'm not doing so hot on the podcast. I'm not going to dwell on it. I'm going to now dismiss it. Step one, what's the negative thought that's getting in the way? Step two, is it a fact? So this happens like super quick for elite performers. I'm not adding value to the podcast. Is that a fact? No, that's not a fact, right? Is it helpful? Absolutely not. Step three, what is true? I'm providing massive value on Dr. Will's show, right? Even if it's just one thing that a listener gets from this, but it changes his or her life for the better, it was totally worth it, right? That's a fact. Um, What's another positive reframe? I have all these other podcasts, or I've done presentations, full-day leadership retreats. I know how to create value. Like these are facts. And then the fourth step, so we've identified the negative, Is it a fact? Third step, the positive reframe. The last step is, what from my experience, uh, proves that I can back it up? This is where confidence is, right? And so I can say, "Oh, I've done this show, and it's been downloaded a lot." A bunch of people wrote in when I was a guest over here. When I create a show on my own podcast, people tell me that it's good. There's 60 people that I get to coach every week in the mastermind. There's another seven in the entrepreneur mastermind. I have a handful of one-on-one clients. There's over 100 people in the go community. I know how to create value, right? So I have those examples from my past that I can pull into the present. So when I hear that negative voice that I, maybe the show's not going the way I want it to, I could just say, no. I'm not listening to that. And so that's how you deal with the imposter syndrome. So you go back to your history, and everybody has that, right? Um, Your examples will look different, and then they'll start to get maybe bigger and better. I would encourage you not even to judge them, right? But the point is, notice, realize it's not truth. What is truth? And how do you know it's truth? What are those examples?
0: So you have been doing a lot of work and really maximizing your talents and your vision and walking in your truth. Mm-hmm. When an entrepreneur is starting to figure out what products they're going to create, what services they're going to offer, uh, whether or not they're going to hit the conference circuit as, as a speaker or whatever, uh, when they're looking also looking at the business model, right? Will it be... You know, business-to-business, direct-to-consumer, will I create digital products via courses, et cetera? When they're taking all of that into account, how should they map everything out in a way to where it actually feels authentic to who they are and captures what they truly have to offer?
1: Hmm. Reflect on, you know, what really fills up your cup, what gives you energy, you know? There's, there's things that you know about yourself that you, that you love about yourself that gives you energy that you are at your best, as opposed to those things that suck your energy dry and turn you into a version of yourself that you don't like, right? So just reflect on some of that. What's the, what, what feels more like play than work, right? Mm-hmm. I could learn, I could create content and coach people all day every day and not get bored. Right. And not get my energy depleted. Like it is so much fun for me. It's actually a struggle to turn it off. That's, that's a big challenge. Like my wife and I talk about that quite a bit. I was sneaking to do some stuff. Uh, when she would get up, we were watching stranger things three, right on Netflix. And, uh, in between, you know, go get a drink or whatever it was. And I would get in there and try to do a little bit. She's like, stop. You know what I mean? So that, that's a challenge. I need to have better boundaries with that. But to your point, like what, what feels more like play than work? What do people sort of naturally go to you uh, for? Um, who are your heroes and mentors? What would you like to emulate and then put your spin on it? You know, I think the biggest challenge is not so much like what your offering is going to be. What I've learned in business is that the biggest, cha- the bigger challenge is to go all in on a very few small things. So I'm going to do the mastermind. I have the podcast. The in-between is the go community, so I could still help leaders level up, but they're not ready for that bigger investment in terms of time, authenticity, you know, whatever, resources. Um, I like to write, so there's books. And that's probably good enough. I don't need to come up with 20 million courses. I don't need to have like all these different things that I could do because that's going to spread you too thin. You see what I'm saying? So it's a mile, um, a mile wide and an inch deep or an inch wide and a mile deep. Like you have to choose. So I, I think really actually the bigger, the bigger challenge is like, yeah, drowning out that noise, really focusing in. And being courageous enough to say that other those other things are just distractions, even if they're profitable.
0: We were talking about this earlier, um, and I've talked about this before with Mark Barnes, where there are folks on Twitter that they get on there and and they rant about teachers pay teachers, or they rant about people who are consulting, uh, they really have an issue with <laughs> educators offering services or products for money. They expect everything uh, to be free, mm-hmm. which I i don't understand. I mean that iPhone they bought wasn't free, uh, nor other things they have. Right. So, when we talk about in someone investing in themselves as an entrepreneur, or or, or as you know, an, an educator who you know you're you're trying to level up, will you please uh, speak to the importance of investing in one's personal and professional growth?
1: Yeah. Well, first realize that Twitter's not the real world. Right. And it's just a platform where some people it, it kind of brings out. I, I'm really getting sick of it, to be honest. Like I got rid of Facebook and Instagram in January. And I was scared to do that because I thought, you know, I need to have this big social media presence in order to succeed as a business. It's not true. Uh, and so I ran it as a test. It was a 14 day test. Uh, part of a challenge I was um, participating in, the 14 day stoic challenge. And they said to just get rid of it for a day. So I said, okay, I'll get rid of it for 14 days. And then that turned into a month. And then I said, can I get rid of it for a quarter? And now it's, you know, been half the year. And the podcast downloads go up, the mastermind still full, like nothing bad happened. I really, I might get rid of Twitter. I don't know. I might just continue to pump out content and share that way. Um, But I'm I'm trying to pay less attention. That focus thing I was talking about earlier, like social media is a distraction. 99%. There's 1% value there. When you get that podcast or you see that thing, that changes your mindset a bit. But overall, it's a distraction and a waste of time. So that's first. Second, it doesn't necessarily represent, like, all of the world. That's just a few people that are whatever. They have a platform that's Twitter, and maybe they're getting some retweets and some likes on it. And who cares? But so they they feel like it's important to say that. Thirdly, like, in terms of the value, I mean, you mentioned it. Yeah, this iPhone, I paid for. I mean, and it cost a lot. And I thought, you know, I wanted to get the new one because they had the better features or the most up-to-date stuff. So it's going to cost the most. I mean, that's just how the world works. If the listener right now is in America, what's the number one religion of America? Capitalism. (laughs) It is. I can say that because I've lived abroad. You know, I've lived in Europe. I've lived in the UK. I've spent time in Africa. The rest of the world doesn't hustle like Americans. And that, you know, it's a double-edged sword. There's a very big positive to that because we're so incredibly innovative and creative. Um, You really can achieve so much and earn so much as a business in the U.S. The negative side to that is you work a whole heck of a lot, right? The pace of life is so much slower everywhere else. And people think it's crazy, like over 40 hours. Like I'm talking 36-hour, 35-hour work week. With plenty of vacations, and you are just shut off. No email. Not. It's just a slower pace, and there's a social net there too, so you don't have to worry about insurance and all those other things. So, anyways, um, when I'm thinking about free versus paid, there's plenty of free stuff out there. You want my book? It's going to be in the library. It's free, right? Uh, or you could pay for it on Amazon. Like you've mentioned before, you pump out tons of content through the podcast. I've got podcasts, right? I've got blog posts. All that's free, and it will help you grow. But if you want the personal touch, right, if you want the deeper um, learning and those perspectives, that's just how the world works. And I think that's pretty much everything I want to say, because if I need to convince you that it makes sense to invest, then that's not, I'm talking to the wrong person. Do you see? So you got to get really comfortable as a leader and as a business owner of who your audience is. Back to Seth Godin, he calls it the minimum viable audience. It's not everybody in the world. It's certainly not the people on Twitter who say this should be free. Like if you're worried about that or trying to market to them, you're really wasting your time. Who are the people that are raising their hand That are, you know, excitedly handing you some cash to invest in that wonderful documentary you created. Those are the people you want to serve. And then ask them, how can I serve you even better? And then do that. Don't worry about everybody else. Don't try to convince them. That's not who you're there to serve.
0: So let's jump into your community, uh, the Go community community. I saw the video uh, you posted welcoming uh, people. Yeah, what was the the pain point behind creating the community? You
1: know, f- my pain point was that I have a, a real burden to serve more school leaders, and I've realized that the mastermind's not for everybody. And even if it was, I couldn't serve them all because I'm just one guy. So for me as a business owner, how do I help more school leaders level up? Back to the why. Everybody wins when a leader gets better. Everybody wins when you get better. How do I make that a reality? So I was really thinking about that. The other thing, too, um, for the leaders that join, there might be a a number of pain points. One is that they might be overlooked by their district uh, and they're not getting the development they want. Um, they might have fatigue. We already talked about some of the ills on social media. And so they're sick of the self promoters that ad all the constant ads that you get bombarded with or the negativity, right? So something that my community can provide that Twitter, Facebook, never can, those people do not exist. And if they do, I kick them out. <laughs> like they're not allowed in. So that will always be the case. Um, they're, the other pain point is that they, they want to level up, but they're not ready to commit to a weekly meeting for an hour, right? To be super authentic and say, here's where I'm you know, struggling. Or they might not have the resources to invest in that membership. And so for an annual membership, somebody can invest what it costs um, for a month in the mastermind, you get the whole year of the go community, right? So that's, that's vastly different. Um, and that's why there's already 100 people in there at, at launch, you know, and they'll continue to grow. It's pretty neat. I mean, um, there's really awesome threads. Unlike Facebook, Twitter, they don't disappear. It's very organized, very searchable. We're constantly sharing resources that you can just swipe and adapt to your schools to instantly make the school better. We have online courses. So right now there's a productivity course. Um, by the end of August, I'll launch the authenticity course. And that's at no extra cost to members. Those are just value adds. The world's greatest virtual reading club. So we're reading on uh, emotional intelligence, internal, external awareness. And so they can have a community to read the book with and uh, have a conversation about. Podcast transcripts and uh, you know, a few other things that are surprises when people join. I think, you know, at the end of the day, whether it's the Mastermind, the Go community, whatever it is, I think people know that it sucks leading in isolation. And so they're looking for those places to connect. And, and uh, yeah, it's just, it's a real community that cares about each other and that wants to cause a ruckus in education. And so that's their, that's, they found their home.
0: So what can members expect to to learn and what are some of the conversations interactions or the inner work right because you can't do the work for them so they have to do that inner work Uh, what can they expect to be doing
1: yeah really it depends on the individual but there's there's so many topics already in there um it's a, it's a malleable community. So if, if something's not there, then ask for it and we'll create it or somebody in the community will create it. Um, to your part, like how do you get challenged to do the inner work? Uh, one of those surprises um, that I wasn't going to share is like different types of challenges, right? We know that people like that kind of stuff. So I don't know, let's, let's just use a journaling habit. Like a lot of, a lot of leaders have a journaling habit and you may have wanted to start one forever. And so what's gonna get you um, past go? Probably having 30, 40 other people doing it with you, having a structured you know, format to follow for 14 to 25, 30 days, uh, and then figuring out like what you wanna do after that. That community will still exist in there and we can segment people off and, and keep them together, You know, like find the others, other people like you. Uh, we have webinars specific to the go community. Like I said, the online courses and the, um, the forum is set up in a way that the discussions are very structured. Like I said, you don't, you it doesn't just disappear like it does into the Twitter sphere or whatever. And so they're threaded. You quote people. It's all so incredibly organized and it's all just right there at your fingertips.
0: Wow. Wow. Man, you seems like you got this thing figured out.
1: Well, you know, the funny thing is this, like so um I remember playing it's built on something called discourse, which is uh open sourced, right? So uh that technology is free. And then you, you can pay engineers and tech folks to um manipulate and, and uh uh turn it into what you want it to look like, right? So it's it's like a sculpture. They give you They give you the marble and then you hire people to chisel it away to the sculpture that you want it to look like. So anyways, I knew it was a good platform. And one of the people that I really uh, enjoy reading his blog, Shane Parrish, he has a blog called Farnham street. Anyways, I joined something called his learning community because again, I invest 10% of my income to grow myself. And I thought, listen, his blogs are fantastic. If his if his uh, learning community is one percent better, it's absolutely worth it. And here's my mindset too: um, for what it costs for the year, you know, even if I don't get any value, thank you for writing some of the best blogs I read for free. You know, that's how I think about it. Anyways, it's amazing, um, and it was built on discourse, so that was pretty interesting. So then I joined the Alta MBA in February. And there's so many surprises, and this isn't a big one. You know, this won't ruin any, anything for anybody that joins um, after they hear this. But the Alt-MBA, the student work is done on discourse. So when I have an idea, and when two people that I really, really, really admire are doing something that I'm not seeing done in other places, I say, that's it. Like, that will be something special that education needs. And so I said, I'll build my community there too. So that I've figured it out because I study others, right? Mm-hmm. And, and going back to, you know, we were talking about how do you figure out like what you want to offer? Who are your mentors? Who are your heroes? What's the kind of work that they're doing? You know, and my mentors like Seth's in marketing and uh, Shane is all about mental models and making smart decisions. They're not in the education space, you know, and so you can learn from people in other disciplines that are doing some pretty cool stuff. And then adapt it for the
0: people that you serve. Mm. So, before we go, what is your advice for those educators who decide to become entrepreneurs and they're seeking a business coach? What should they be looking for in a coach, and how can people work with you?
1: Just like you know, a job. It's a it's a it's a it's the fit. You know. So for me, anybody I work with. You, you can't find on my website. The GO community is different. That's an annual membership. You can sign up and, and reserve your spot right there, right? But if you're going to invest like serious uh, cash into your development with me as a coach or any other coach, my approach is you can't just do it on the website. I need to know you, right? So like, Dr. Will, we talk. Do we have chemistry? You know, do I understand your pain points and where you're trying to go? Do you like my personality? Do you think I can offer you value, right? Do you think I have what it takes to uh, remove those barriers that you have? And then if we both agree that it works, then I invite you to say, hey, this is what it is. I'll send you an email. You can reserve your spot. So, you know, I would I would steer clear from anywhere where you can go and just sign up. Like, you don't even know who that person is, you know? So I would, I would definitely encourage people to go to somebody that offers some sort of strategy session where you can get to know them a little bit better, that you see that it's the right fit, that they have what you're looking for in terms of their offer. And then if you both agree, you know, then say yes. There's people who thought that, that I didn't have, you know, what it was they were looking for. They are people that. I've met that I knew uh, I don't think I could work with this person. And so they, were, they said yes to me, and I said no to them. And then there's people that it was agreeable for both, and that's, that's what we're looking for. So look for that. If The funny thing is if, if you do want to work with me in terms of the, the business coaching, the edupreneur mastermind, you won't find any information about that on my website. <laughs> when I said in the beginning that it started by accident, here's how it started, Dr. Will. Two people emailed me back to back. It was a really wild day. And they said, hey, um, I'm, a, I'm an entrepreneur in the education space like you. Uh, do you have a mastermind for us? I said, no. But now I do. When do you want to talk? Because <laughs> I love coaching. Like I said, I love removing those barriers, those upper limit challenges, helping people achieve. And I never even thought of serving that niche. So a couple of people I asked, we had the conversation. We agreed it would be cool. Uh, And and I said, Hey, I think this is what it, you know, what it's worth. And they're like, yeah, fine. And from there, I just, I started going, you know, through my contacts, just saying, Hey, we do this. I'm starting it. Do you want to join? I haven't, no ads, no podcast. There's no landing page on my website. So it's all personal invitation. But if you hear this episode, you think, you know what? I would like to work with Daniel just send me an email, daniel at better better com. We'll set up a, a Zoom meeting and just get to know each other. And if we think that it's a good fit, then, you know, you'll get the invitation.
0: Wow. Well, I can tell you from the numbers of my podcast, uh, as well as the documentary, that there's a hunger out there for educators who want this information. Yeah. Um, and you're doing something that, normally we have to do right you have to go to outside of our field and sphere of influence to get that information but when at speaking as an educator when you get that information from someone from another educator if it sounds different Mm. right and it feels different you know Mm -hmm. because I I mean it, it nothing bothers me more than cuz I'm really into cor- online courses. So it, not, nothing ooh, nothing angers me more than to have someone outside of education say who they're literally teaching people how to design online courses and they go you can design a course in 7 days. And I'm thinking no you cannot. Uh if it's any good, right? No no, yes, you you cannot to provide now, if you're talking about, I'm just going to put some a PDF, a video in there, and I'm going to walk away, and you just do, yeah, you do that. But if you're talking about transformation, if you're talking about leading people through a process of becoming a different person on the other end, you cannot do that in seven days. It takes more work to put together a course like that, and you have to put in, in that course, discussions. You have to put in you know, assignments where people can turn in products for you to actually, as the course instructor, to review and give feedback. And then add in, you know, live discussions and webinars so that you create a a complete experience for the learners in your course. And, And I'm an educator, so I know better. But these people are not. And so when I hear them talk about these things, and some of these people, are making money because I know some of these people and they're making big money. But when I hear them say that, I go, oh my gosh, why would you Why would you say that? So I applaud the work that you're doing because- Thank you. It, it, you're welcome. Because it, it feels different, you can hear it differently and it feels different when you hear it from someone from our field who know they're educated the same way, they know what we're doing. And when you're able to say it in a way that's palpable to our understanding, then it's like, wow. Mm. Uh, so I hope people after hearing on this podcast, and I'm gonna put links uh in the show notes that they actually uh will join the Go community and your masterminds and those things. Uh I know I I wanna throw just one more question out there to you, because I don't wanna put you on the spot, but you've mentioned a few books during this interview.
1: Yeah.
0: I want you to give the audience your top five entrepreneurship books or coaching books uh, that they need to go out and read right now.
1: Entrepreneurship or coaching books. Okay. Uh, This is marketing Seth Godin. Um, We talked about niche down by Christopher Lockhead. Business model generation uh, will help you think through your business model. They have something called the Canvas. It's a nine, nine point um, framework for designing a, a business model. So that's, that's really very sound. Uh, that was three. Um, in terms of coaching, the coach habit, uh, Bungay Stinger. My, I, I, I'm, I'm blanking on the name, but it's called The Coach Habit. It's a really beautiful book. And I think my favorite book of all time, and this is this is life, this is leadership, this is coaching, and this is business. It's called The Art of Possibility by Rosamond uh, Stone Xander and Benjamin Sander. They're they're a married couple. And it offers uh, seven practices, I think, seven or nine practices that, in their estimation, if you live this way, you'll have a a very uh, productive and fulfilled and satisfying life. And I think those principles can be applied for sure to coaching and to business. Um, it's it's influenced me more than any other book. Uh, a couple of those ideas I turned into core values for my organization. Um, And I read it all the time. It's really lovely. Great book to read. If you get the audio, they actually read it themselves, which is fun because it's a husband and wife. And Ben Zander is a um, um, symphonic director, maybe in Boston or was or something. So they have some classical music in between the the chapters, which just kind of adds this nice little touch to it. But it's the art of possibility, the best book ever written in my estimation, hands down.
0: Awesome. 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 Thank you, Daniel, for coming on the show.
1: Dr. Will, thanks for having me. It's always great. And I'll be back, you know, if you'll have me and uh, just really appreciate the opportunity to, to speak today.
0: Yes, sir. Just let me know when. Now, people, you know how I do this. This podcast episode, we'd we'll be going up on Apple Podcast, Simplecast, Stitcher and iHeartRadio. I need you to subscribe, leave your reviews, share with people. Get it out there because your boy's trying to get Oprah on the show. And I wanted her to know that I'm doing big things. Again, I would like to thank my guest, Daniel Bauer, for coming on and dropping so many gems. I encourage you to check the show notes where there'll be links to his website where you can get involved with the work that he's doing. And I encourage you to. And I, and I normally, well, I have never on one of my shows Sort of advocated for you to go out there and purchase anyone's products or services, but I'm I'm saying this on this episode that you go out there, <laughs> no way, and take up uh, Daniel on what he's doing. Uh, you. you're, you're welcome. Again, I'd like to thank you for checking out the podcast, uh, the Mobile University for Entrepreneurs. I'm your host, Dr. Will. Invest in you, Edu. Peace.